Recruiting Blitz podcast powered by the UC Report. This week, we take a look at the ESPN High School Football Showcase taking place down in Arizona and some of the key prospects in that game as well as a look at the 24 quarterback class, which will lead us into our guest this week, ESPN Junior 300 quarterback Davi Belfort, who's going to give us his top seven schools and break those down for us. And as always, Wade Jirasi with the commitment. In action, I'm here with my sidekick Wade Jirasi and Danny Priest, our producer. Uh, we had a big week a week ago there, uh, Wade, uh, to uh, excellent uh, guests, uh, NFL Academy, and then an outstanding breakdown of our game mm-hmm. between Geyer and Allen. Uh, that was a good game. Jackson Arnold, our five-star quarterback, uh, Under Armour All-American, wound up stepping up, having a monster game on national TV through the air and also showcasing his legs. And yeah. uh, I've talked about it, that I feel this 23 class is shaping up to be, has a potential, on paper it's the best since the 2006 class in terms of overall five stars at that position. And I think it's got a chance to be special. Uh, but the 24 class, it does not looking like there's going to be a dip in that group either. It's already... Uh, shaping up to be pretty strong and two of those quarterbacks in the ESPN Junior 300 I'm going to have a chance to see this Friday ESPNU 10 p.m. Eastern 7 7 p.m. Pacific Uh, easy to say (laughs) Uh, will be Chandler High School is hosting Basha High School in Arizona Uh, Dylan Riola the ESPN Junior 300 five-star quarterback leads Chandler and Damon Williams Jr. he's a Talented junior quarterback in the, in the 300 as well. He's a, he's the uh, quarterback uh, for Basha, but you know they're not the only. Obviously, the quarterbacks are always the headliners. We will get to them, um, but there's actually a lot of other talent on the field as well. Yeah, for sure, Craig. And from uh, the Chandler squad, one of the guys we saw recently while doing our max speed work was 2024 running back Khalil Valentine. He's a leaner running back. He's got some room to grow. He's a real home run hitter on film. He's one of the few guys you actually put on his film in the first, I don't know, six, seven, eight clips are like legit 40, 50, 60-yard touchdown runs. He's great in the pass game too. He already has 1,100 yards, seven touchdowns on the ground, 10 yards of carry, 16 receptions for 335 yards and four more touchdowns. He's like about an 11 flat, 100-meter guy, but ran over 21 miles per hour when we tracked him, which is elite for the running back position. So clearly has that on-field football fast speed. Uh, Arizona, Arizona State, Boston College, Nebraska, Utah, and Washington are his top offers. And all of those offers have come in this fall. Yeah, he's one of those over 1,000 yards, as you mentioned, good with his ball skills as well. He's second on a team in receptions. And he's just decisive. There's not a lot of dance. And he finds a seam. He hits it. He's kind of got it. Almost that Zach Evans, like, tall, upright running style. But, yeah, when he gets a seam, he can take it all the way. I'm really uh, interested to see him in action. And then another intriguing guy on Chandler is a sleeper prospect, which you don't really run into too often these days, Adarania Nasubuga. Might be a little bit off on that junior there. But junior. Yes, goes by junior. He only claims an offer for Portland State at this time. He's listed at 6'3", 200. There's not a ton of film of him because, as you mentioned, um, you know, with Valentine being one of the primary passing game uh, targets for them, and the junior, I believe that's Jackson, branches it. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of looks, but at his size, he's got a personal best of 10.82 in the 100 meter. So I just was a little bit curious. 
And I started searching in the UC report for players who were at least six foot two, at least 190 pounds, and had 100 meters, 10, nine or better. There were only seven players in the entire country with that physical trait makeup. And these are names like Nicholas Harbor, who's unquestionably the most freakishly gifted you know, player in this class. Tennessee commits Cam Selden and Nathan Leacock, big tall you know, receivers and targets, four-star prospects. And then recent uh, Nebraska verbal, Malachi Coleman, who we'll talk, on, you know, talk about later in the show. So not a lot of attention from him on the trail. He's clearly raw, he's got a long way to go but a really intriguing prospect that we were kind of doing some preparation for this uh, game here. Yeah, talking with Chandler head coach Rick Garrettson earlier in the week, you know, we talked about him, and he seems to be a player that bounces around position-wise. Sometimes okay. you get yep. those big athletes, you don't know where to put them. Yeah. But I think settling now in that kind of like that flex tight end role, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and having a quarterback like Dylan Raiola to throw you the ball is certainly going to help. And he seems like a guy who we'll find out Friday night. He's another one of those players really interested to see. But I think as his role grows, I think those offers can grow just because, again, those measurables, they, you know, they're not easy to find. And he might be raw. He might not have settled into a position yet. But one thing we both no both noticed on film was he's a really physical and aggressive blocker. So yeah. once well, they, once it's going to be a college coaching staff's job to teach him, you know, whatever he needs for the finer points of his position. And with that frame, he can get bigger too. Oh, so, of course. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's, he's got a high ceiling. He kind of reminded me of a little bit of the way John Smith looked before he kind of bulked up, before he headed into the, uh, the NFL, another raw prospect who's turned out to have a really nice NFL career for himself. And then we mentioned DeMond Williams at Basha. Uh, we really like him. Was talking with Tom Luganbill about him. He mentioned Dorian Thompson-Robinson as a possible commit. I kind of think he's a, an upper-middle-class version of Bryce Young, obviously high praise, the, arguably the best player in college football right now. Um, and then his top target is an intriguing guy, Bryson Dedman, little little tiny guy at this stage. He was over a thousand yards last year and nine touchdowns. He already has 722 yards and eight touchdowns uh, this year. He's quicker than fast. He did have the fastest 10-yard split at our Los Angeles camp at 1-6. Um, it's so it's just really fun in general to watch those two guys work. Yeah, you know Chris McDonald, the head coach at at Basher, really also spoke a lot about. He's a three-year starter. Has been a three-year starter yeah. along with Demond Williams, uh, but really good route runner too. One of these guys mm -hmm. you mentioned, really explosive, um, can create separation out of breaks. Uh, and once he gets the football, he's really difficult to kind of try to contain in yeah. space. And then Demond Williams too. You know, you talk about Bryce Young. One of the things about him, he's even more active with his legs. Like he is a serious threat when there is not a place. As I was preparing for this game this Friday night. I was watching and I was like, wow, like when things break down, like hold your breath because he can slip between tacklers. You think he got him cornered. He's able to spin out. Even when you think he may tuck it and run, next thing you know, he's going to change arm angles. He's going to make the throw. He is really, he's at his most exciting. And I guess from a TV game, selfishly, you hope sometimes things break down because he's at his most exciting yeah. when things start to break down because you never know what's going to happen. He can create. He's really dynamic with his like. He's a good passer. He's got a live arm, but he is a uh, he. He's a like sit on the edge of your seat when things when he starts getting on the move. And you mentioned the arm strength. You know, despite the height, he can really spin it. And on some of those scramble plays, he can still reset and really push yeah. the ball downfield. Yeah, no, he's he's a talented passer, but just so exciting when he gets on the move. And then obviously, the number it's always exciting when you get to see the number one player in the class uh, in the 2024 class. That is Dylan Raiola, uh, Ohio State commit. Um, his dad, longtime NFL center. Yep. 
is actually helping out on the O-line there at Chandler as well. Really, Coach said, really involved in a run game. Does a great job coaching. You know, growing up, it's interesting that you have a really successful NFL center whose son has developed a really good quarterback and probably I would imagine too, I'm looking forward to getting to walk through and, and talking with those guys because I'm sure a center is kind of the quarterback of the O-line. You know, they're, they're kind of making all those calls. So I'm sure he's been able to kind of that synergy between not just a father and son, but a talented quarterback and an ex-great center. I'm sure they've been, he's been able to kind of pass along a lot to him as well. And despite all the physical traits with Rayola from early on, he's always looked like a player who was well-prepared, had a plan, doesn't panic. So those traits do seem to already be passed on. Yeah, so really excited to kind of see him in action. Damon Williams Jr., we just touched on a few guys. Don't forget either on the defensive side of the ball, Kennedy, Ur- Kennedy Erlacher, yeah, uh, son of Brian Erlacher. And Kennedy, is uh, he's a guy who roams there in the secondary at safety. And when he comes downhill uh, to hit you, you feel it. He's a big-time hitter. Uh, so there's a lot of talent in that game. Again, that's ESPNU, Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. We just talked there, Wade, about some 2024 quarterbacks in him. Again, the 23 class, I look at it, it reminds me of the 83 draft class. you got to got those guys <laughs> at the top, you know. Uh, who will be the Ken O'Brien? Who will be the Dan Marino? Who will be the Jim Kelly? Will Time will tell, but I'm really excited about that class. But sometimes recruiting goes in, in ebb and flows or cycles. One year, position could be up, it could be down. But I think 24, coming up behind it, you're going to see a really strong quarterback class as well. Raiola is leading that group. you got C.J. Carr. DJ Lagway, who, who's a really impressive player. Julian Sayan out of California. Those are just a few of the names that are uh, uh, you have to keep an eye on already establishing themselves as premier presses in the 24 class. Yeah, and there's only one five-star right now, and that's Rayola, but we already have about seven players with grades who we think would probably be takes for just about any program in the country. And that's a deep group, and that's close to what we have in this current class. Uh, Lagway is a guy for me that really stands out. He's number 20 in the junior 300 right now. You know, all his early scouting reports were talking about his tools and his promise as a prospect. He only completed 55% of his passes for about 1,600 yards as a sophomore and rushed for, you know, a ton of yards and some touchdowns as well. This fall, he's completing 70% of his passes, and he isn't really feeling the need to take off and run as much. So, you know, clearly scrambling to throw more. Uh, but he is a running threat at 225 pounds, and he's been clocked um, in the 20-mile-per-hour range on our max speed. So, even though he doesn't necessarily feel the need to use those legs, he's absolutely a dual threat all the way and a great overall athlete. He's an offered baseball prospect. And, uh, you know, in discussion, I think we had mentioned with Raiola, like, who, you know, who would be his comp? And uh, jumped out to you immediately, not necessarily me, but you've kind of brought me over on the side, Justin Fields as being maybe a comp for Raiola. Justin Fields is kind of a comp for Lagway, too. Big, thick, athletic passer who's still accurate and, you know, can move the ball in the passing game. And the other one for me, we've talked about it before, and I'm going to continue on this track until I feel like it's no longer viable. But you are basically his campaign manager at this point. Well, yeah. listen. Yeah. listen uh, He's a great player, and you've seen him in person multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael Van Buren, I said, he reminds me a lot. Not only is he the uh, the new leader of the Van Buren boys, with a Seinfeld <laughs> reference for, for fans out there, uh, I also think he's a, a five-star talent. And the more, again, the more I've been around him, not only in his play and the way he carries himself, he reminds me a lot of Alabama quarterback uh, Bryce Brown. So, you know, there's there's just a little s- sampling of the 24 clubs. we got a junior 300 update uh, coming. So, and again, um, listen, you want to go behind the scenes, I'm going to tell you right now, we get in those meetings, I'm, I'm – 
pushing for a five star. We'll soon find out if I win or lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and just one more guy to hit on um, Elijah Brown out of Matter Day in California. That storied program. He's just the latest in a great line of QBs that includes Bryce Young, JT Daniels, Matt Barkley, Matt Liner, Colt Brennan, Todd Veritovich. So just an outstanding QB lineage over at the Matter Day program. And Elijah Brown is the guy calling the singles right now for them. Yeah, so 24 quarterback class showing a lot of promise as well. And one of those players that is in an ESPN Junior 300 mix is Davi Belfort, who is going to join us. Uh, he is not committed, but is narrowing down his list. He's going to share with us his top seven. And I think we will go through that with him and uh, get a chance to visit with uh, one, of the, uh, one, of these, one of those talented 2024 quarterbacks. As the early signing period, Wade, is uh, quickly approaching, uh, like inside two months now. Yeah. Uh, obviously, a lot of focus on the 2023 class and more commitments are coming off the board, as we're going to discuss. Um, but, you know, recruiting never stops. So the 2024 class is uh, beginning to take shape as well. I think we you had looked up how many in a junior 300 have already committed? It's 48 commits in the junior 300. I think five of those are quarterbacks at this stage so far. Yeah, and what's interesting is quarterbacks usually kind of drive to commitments. Early on, as a lot of classes are often those, that position is usually the foundation and of which a lot of classes are built around, as you mentioned, five already committed in a 2024 class, including the number one quarterback in the nation, Dylan Riola, committed to Ohio State. Uh, we don't have a commitment here, but we are moving closer to one yep. as ESPN Junior 300 quarterback Dobby Belfort is going to give us his top seven and talk a little bit about the recruiting process as uh, he's one of the names to know and watch in the 2024 class. And we are now joined uh, by Davi Belfort. Davi, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Uh, usually, usually when I see Davi, it's uh, in the middle of the spring or summer because uh, not only is he an excellent football player, he's just a competitor who loves camps. So it uh, uh, doesn't matter the zip code <laughs> yeah, or the yeah. time zone. Odds are you're going to see Davi uh, if there's a chance to throw a football and compete, uh, <laughs> he's going to be there. And I love it. Yeah, 100%. Yep. 100%. Uh, how's the 100%. season going? It's going great. It's going great. We're in a four-game win streak so far. So uh, it's going great. You know, we've really came together as a team. Uh, we've been getting better each and every single week. So it's going great. We got a district game uh, this week on Thursday. So whoever wins this win, wins district. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting. We have a great game plan going forward. So I'm really looking forward to it. Heading into uh, this season, as I said, I've seen you a lot. You're always working to kind of get better. Uh, as you take a kind of a quick look at your game, where do you where do you feel like you've improved the most, uh, you know, since last season? Yeah, I would say one really big thing um, this offseason that we focused on is just getting more comfortable in the pocket. You know, having that pocket awareness, knowing when to leave the pocket, knowing when to stay in the pocket. And that's something I felt like I've really improved through each each game. And that's something that I really worked on to get better during the offseason. So I feel like that's definitely, I would say, the major thing. It's funny you mentioned that, Davi, because as Craig and I were watching your film from this fall, uh, one of the first things that jumped out to us was that your eyes are always downfield and you're scrambling to reset to throw, not to just take off and run. So uh, all that hard work in the offseason definitely paid off and is showing up on film <laughs> this fall. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, what interesting is obviously – in, when you're evaluating prospects, you're looking at all all variables. You know, one of those things, obviously, is I'm sure you, you talked about it, is uh, your height. 
you know, but we've seen it too from players like Bryce Young, players at that six foot or just under that six foot mark, more and more sure. starting to have success at the college level. And I think more and more uh, college recruiters and scouts are looking past that, they're looking more to production. For but, sure. you know, just talking about the proper presence, how is it, has it been something to kind of learn to get that feel to find those passing windows? And I mean, do you kind of watch some of those guys as well to see kind of how they do it? Yeah, no. Um, hundred percent, you know, um, that's something, you know, that like a lot of people talk about, but like, I, uh, I use that like to motivate me. I use that like as a chip on my shoulder. Like I got to work harder, you know, than more than half of the other guys in my class, more than like with the, I have to work harder than the guys that are six foot and above, you know what I'm saying? Um, so like, that's something that I use as a chip in the shoulder, as a chip in my shoulder. You know, like I look up to guys like Bryce Young. You know, me and Bryce are really close. We build a really good relationship. Guys like Bryce Young, guys like Drew Brees, guys that like Russell Wilson. You know, that've done it in my shoes, and that's something you know that I uh, that I really look up to those guys and see what they do good, what they could do better. Um, you know, and that's like with that. You know, like I really make sure I work on the things. You know, that these other guys aren't working at, you know, making sure I'm really spending time, you know, watching film, making sure I know exactly what I have to do when I step on the field and know exactly what the defense is doing, making sure I'm really perfecting my footwork, you know, my pocket movement and stuff like that. Yeah, well, as Wade said, it, it's showing. And like I said, we're seeing more and more players kind of um, have production and, and people look past that and just see what happens on the field between the white lines and how players are getting it done. And uh, a testament to that is the amount of interest you've been able to garner uh, with your performances and your work. Uh, so you actually, at this point in the process, have been able to kind of narrow your focus a little bit. And uh, we're happy to have you join us to kind of let us know what those schools are. You want to kind of give us uh, the schools that you've narrowed it down to at, at this point and kind of are going to be your, your focus moving forward. For sure, 100%. Yeah, so we decided to narrow it down to seven. And those are Penn State, Alabama, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, uh, Michigan State, Ole Miss, and Florida. Okay, so um, first thing is, is a big fan of round numbers. Five. What was it? <laughs> what, what was it about seven? You always hear, "Give us your top five, but you brought it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You brought it to seven. So what was it? Um, yeah, you know, it must have been really difficult to even get it to that point. Yeah, no, it was. It definitely was. You know, it was. Like, I was trying to go, to be honest, I was trying to go for five, but it was just, like, so difficult because, like, I feel like there's just so many great options out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, I could see myself being successful at so many places. But, like, at this time where I'm at, like you said earlier, you know, quarterbacks tend, you know, to commit earlier. There's obviously been a, a couple quarterbacks in my class already that committed. And that's something I definitely want to do. Like, I definitely want to commit, start, you know, building a relationship with the guys on the team, you know, start growing my relationship with the coaches, start learning the offense, and, you know, obviously build a class and start bringing guys to come with me. So that's something I'm looking forward to doing. So that's why I felt like it was really important for me to narrow my schools down as much as possible right now so I could really focus in those schools and really decide and see what's the best place for me. Hey, Davi, if you had to pick three factors that are at the top of your list for consideration for all these schools um, that you're still considering, what would those top three factors be? Or, sure. you know, two or three or wh whatever's really on the top of your mind right now? No, for sure. I would say number one is just development. You know, the place that's going to develop me uh, the best, you know, like as a not only as a quarterback, but as a person, you know, that's going to develop me as a young man, you know, that's going to develop me as a quarterback that, that I'll fit into the offense. 
stuff like that, you know, it's going to help me get to the next level. And I'd say number two is like, um, like the success, you know, that the program's having, like the resume of the coach, you know what I'm saying? Like if the coach, you know, has been able to produce guys, you know, to the league, you know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that. And then I'd say number three would probably be um, like the environment. Is that somewhere I feel comfortable um, not only going to, to play football, but like, would I be comfortable there, you know, just as a, as a student, you know what I'm saying? Like a place where I would enjoy living. And then I'd say probably number four, like academics, you know, is that going to be a place where, you know, the degree can, you know, like it'll stand out. So you've, you've had a chance to, to get on quite a few campuses already. So I'm imagining amongst these seven, they've uh, thus far been able to kind of check a lot of those boxes. Uh, um, it For seems sure. like let's, let's start where you were most recently. You were able to unofficially check out Michigan State? Yeah, yeah. Tell us about that experience. Yeah, it was a great place. It was my second time uh, going up there. I went there in June, and then I was able to come back during a game. You know, it was a great experience. You know, the game was awesome. They played Wisconsin. It was an overtime game. It was amazing. Like, the relationship I built with Coach uh, Tucker and Coach uh, Coach Johnson have been amazing. You know, like, they've been a school that's kind of always believed in me. You know, that's always, you know, reached out to me. Like, I've talked to Coach Johnson once a week till I can't even remember when. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've been talking. Like, we've been talking for – uh, every, pretty much every week for a long, long time. So um, that's been great. You know, like the relationship I've built with them, I feel I feel really comfortable there. The relationship I built with like the players on the team, well, that's something. That's been a place I feel really comfortable. And I'd say something that really stands out about Michigan State is like the family atmosphere that um, Coach Tucker like brings to the players and stuff like that. Like it's definitely like just a family atmosphere uh, over there. And what I find interesting about your list as a South Florida kid with uh, Brazilian roots, you got two cold weather, two yeah. cold weather teams yeah. on this list. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's go to the other one. Uh, Penn State, yeah. uh, nothing like a whiteout, but that could be from yeah. the fans in the stands or from the snow. So uh, tell us a little bit about Penn State. Have you had a chance to get there? Yeah, I have. I was up there in April. You know, I love uh, I love Coach Franklin, love Coach Erdich. Definitely feel like it's a very quarterback friendly uh, place. You know, Coach Franklin, you know, he's been an OC like and he's also very um, like he's very involved in the quarterback room and the quarterback development there. You know, so like that's something that really stands out to me, like the success, you know, they've had like quarterback to me, like Trace McSorley. Like uh, I definitely feel like the offense too is a place where I can be successful at. And obviously the environment's great, you know, like the people there, you know, it's it's an awesome place to be. I, lo I loved it when I liked them. That's something that whole college experience as well. All right. So we'll continue to kind of work our way from north to south. Um, what was it about Virginia Tech that had him kind of in this position to be amongst these uh, seven? Yeah, no, for sure. I actually haven't been able to uh, make it up to Virginia Tech. I'm scheduled to go there uh, November 26th when they play uh, Virginia. Uh, but like just the cons, like the the way that they've been recruiting me has like they've been recruiting me really hard, you know, throughout the process. Like that's something that I really like about them. You know, they've like I like I I told them from the jump, like I uh, like I'm I'm gonna go to a place, you know, that I feel like I can be developed, and they've been they've done a good job of that, like pitching that into the recruitment game, and like they really think I can go there, you know, and be a factor right away and help the team right away. So that's something that really stands out to me, like. Like it was funny they they uh they they scheduled a call with me and Michael Vick uh when he went up there so I thought that was really cool so like they they've really been recruiting me really hard so I'm excited to check it out uh check uh, go up there and check it out.
Well, I gotta ask, how did how did that call go with uh, Michael Vick? Yeah, it went. Yeah, it went great. It went great. You know, he uh, it went great. He's a, he's a really good guy. He actually lives here in South Florida, so uh, we're gonna get together soon. And like he, it, it went great. You know, he's a really really good guy, and uh, they're de- like he really believes in like what Coach Kyrie's building there and stuff like that. So it it, it went great. Oh, so there could be a workout session down the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it could be, could be, could be. Awesome. Um, so we'll go from there. Obviously, uh, one of the hottest teams in the country, uh, Tennessee, they were on your list. What is it about the Volunteers? Yeah, so um, they actually offered me, like, I want to say, like, March, April, constant communication with there, like, once every week. You call me, like, I talk to them at least twice or three times a week, you know, and I love, like, what I, – I just love what Coach Heupel is doing playing his offense and being successful in his offense and the relationship I built with Coach Heifel as well uh, has definitely been, you know, like really, uh, really awesome. The relationship I built with Coach Hazel as well. Like I definitely feel like it's a really good family atmosphere there as well. I haven't been able to visit there. We're trying to schedule a visit uh, for me to go up there. I was supposed to go up a couple of times, but it ended up not working out uh, just because like the family schedule and everything like that. But we're going to try to make it up there. If not for a game, definitely, um, definitely when the period opens up back up again i was uh well uh stay in the sec the rest of the way uh you, you talked about the opportunity to kind of build a relationship already with bryce young uh you know obviously what is it uh alabama's a big presence on a recruiting trail but what is it personally for you that has alabama in this mix yeah no for sure we're very close you know with the youngs you know like i'm very close to mr craig young you know, with Bryce, like, it's just a place where I could really see myself doing, you know, I feel like I'm very similar to Bryce as well, and like the things we do and, and like the success he's had there has been tremendous. And like seeing that I could see my, like, I'm, man, I'm like, man, I could, I could play here, you know, I could be successful here. Like the success that coach Saban had at the quarterback position, you know, previously with Mac Jones and, you know, to uh, Jalen Hurts, like has been really, like really impacting me I'm like man like they could they really develop quarterbacks here like when, last time we were up there in June like coach Saban was telling talking to me and my dad about like how um like they'll develop quarterbacks to what they're good at you know like his system has changed like with Jalen Hurts with Tua with the things they're good at so I feel and with Bryce and I feel like that's something like that's really big for me I love coach O'Brien you know he's um he's an NFL guy you know I've built a great relationship with him throughout this process and, like, they've always believed in me, you know, since the jump. Like, that was I, – I think that – yeah, that was my my first, like, Power 5 offer. So, like, um, that definitely means a lot. You know, like, I've been there a couple times um, through for them twice already. So, like, I feel like that's a great place. And, like, what they're doing with Bryce speaks a lot for me. So. How did uh, – how did it wasn't that long ago that he was in your shoes. He's made up a lot of ground in a short amount of time. But what – how did that relationship with you and Bryce kind of uh, come about? Yeah, so we met each other in California. You know, we trained each other. We trained with each other there a couple of times. And then uh, we've always stayed in touch, you know, like, and then um, Mr. Young, his dad, um, like, met my dad and they've become really close. And Mr. Young, he's like a huge mentor to me. Like, me and him talk at least like once every two weeks just to like, you know, he's been with this process through his son, like, that's been in the same shoes as me. So, like, it, I'm, it's just such a blessing to have them, like, in our lives to like just guide us through this whole process like tell us no don't do this yes do this so like it's really awesome to have them and like have Bryce you know that's like the same height as me you know what I'm saying like 
just someone like like he's a big bro to me you know what i'm saying like it's really awesome so i'm really blessed to have that yeah that's uh, so uh again he's not that far removed from where you are now but is there um is there a piece of advice you've gotten from him thus far that sticks out yeah um i would just say like yeah i would say the biggest thing that he's taught me is just to really prepare yourself like prepare yourself like 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 it's your last game ever playing you know what i'm saying like prepare yourself like it's your last game playing like you us as quarterbacks we got to know like every every little thing that the defense is going to do every single coverage that they might might show to us every single blitz that they might show to us so we're prepared and uh, ready to play so i would say that's the biggest thing like just the preparation that comes with it and like he even told me like his days at matter day like he studied like the same that he does now at bama you know what i'm saying like he took it like it was the same intensity that I went to it. I'm at a day he's doing it still at Bama. So like I feel like that that speaks to it. And like after he told me that, I'm like, man, like I got to put a lot of hours into film, not only when I get to college, but in high school now, because that's going to translate over. So I'd say like that's definitely one thing that's stuck with me. Yeah, good advice. Certainly, uh, and staying within the SEC, Old Miss in that mix. What is it about the Rebels? Yeah, just, like, their offense, you know, is electric. You know, like, their relationship I've built with Coach Weiss. You know, um, I was actually the first – when he got the job in the winter, I was the first quarterback, like, that he ever offered. So, like, that that speaks a lot. Like, like just the relationship I've – him, like, what Coach Kiffin, you know, the, the, the amount of success Coach Kiffin has had, like, there um, against uh, – when they play Bama. So, I'm really excited, like, to check it up. There will be my first time uh up there so i'm really excited uh to see that you know and uh i've also you know been fortunate enough to build a good relationship with uh, matt corral he he was living here uh throughout the summer so like we would train together like practically every day throughout july so like i've built a really good relationship with him and, like he's only told me great things about coach kiffin and uh what he's done to help uh, Matt to get to where he's at now. So, like, I feel like that speaks a lot. Everywhere, really, Coach Kiffin has been at throughout his career, he's had success, you know, in the offense. He's ha created successful quarterbacks. So, like, that's one thing that really sticks out to me. I really could see myself uh, in that offense and being successful in that offense. So, I would say, yeah. And then, lastly, I think uh, another one that you have been to this fall uh, is Florida, uh, Billy Napier and the Gators. Uh, the number seven here that as we've gone through this list, not ranked number seven, but number seven, as we've gone through this list, uh, tell us a little bit about the Gators yeah. and, and what it is appeals to you about them. Yeah. I feel like I've built a really good relationship, like through with the coaching staff throughout these past couple months. My first time going up there was in June. Um, they wanted to see me throw and then they offered me after I had a great, great throwing session. Like when I was up there, I was really able to spend like quality time with coach Napier, coach O'Hara, like, I love what they do offensively. One thing that really stands out to me, like about the Gators, is how involved Coach uh, Coach uh, Napier is in the quarterback room. He's technically like the OC and the quarterback coach. Like that's something that stands out. You know, like he's in all the quarterback meetings and stuff like that. You know, very very involved. Like when I was in the camp, when I was throwing for them, like he was you know one on one coaching me and stuff like that. So like that's something that's very like really stands out to me. And then we were uh, – I went up there in June and July as well, and then I went for a fall um, a fall game. But, like, when when I was up there in July, it was a little less busier. And, like, we were really able to spend time with him. Uh, we had – like, my whole family went up there when we went in July, and, like, 
we were really able to sit down with him. We sat down with him for like an hour and just he and he just like talked to us about the program and the and the vision that he has for that program and how how he can see me being successful in the offense, uh, how he can see me operating the offense. So I thought that they've really been on me. They've really been recruiting me throughout this process, like him and Coach O'Hara. Like I felt like I've built a really good relationship with them throughout this process, and I feel really comfortable there. So a top seven at this stage of Penn State, Alabama, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, Michigan State, Ole Miss, and Florida in no order. Um, but what's now is the next step, Davi? Have you where is it trying to narrow down this list again, or is it going to be a commitment from this list? Have you laid out a timetable in your head? Or, uh, you know, what's the next steps? Yeah, I feel like I, I feel comfortable, you know, like I don't think I need to narrow the list down, you know, shorter than this. Like I feel comfortable after this list, you know, like announcing where I want to play, play to go to school. Like there's a couple of those schools that I need to visit. There's a couple of those schools that I haven't been at that I want to check out. So I feel like that's, you know, the most important thing for me. I feel like a commitment timeline. I feel like spring is where I feel comfortable at right now. Like throughout spring, when we come to spring football, I feel like that's a timeline I feel comfortable at. Like I said, you know, I want to build a class. I want to, you know, start building a relationship with the coaches, you know, with the players and bring in players to come play with me. So I feel like the earlier I do it, the better. But when I do commit, I want to make sure like I'm ready and like I'm like, dang, that's a place that I want to go play four years of football. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like just keep checking out these places, these seven schools. I feel like releasing these seven schools and like just narrowing my school, my my list down to these seven schools really like lays a foundation and, and I where I can decide, you know, where I want to go play for the next uh, four years. Well, you're giving us that list, and obviously we went through them and some visits still to come. So I guess the last thing before we let you go, I think it's interesting, obviously, number one quarterback in his class at the top of the ESPN Junior 300, Dylan Raiola. Uh, you know, he comes from a football family. His dad played in the NFL for a long time. You know, uh, you share a similar trait. Your, your dad's not from the NFL, but a uh, professional athlete who's had great success. Obviously, I'm talking about uh, MMA legend Vitor Belfort. What's it kind of been like? Uh, you know, having your dad on this kind of journey and, you know, obviously anybody who's gotten to the heights that he has gotten has to come with a lot of hard work and discipline. And what have, what have you been able to extract from his career and his work ethic to help you on the football field? No, for sure. It's been such a blessing. I'm so grateful to have my dad in my life. You know, he's not only a dad to me, but he's like my best friend, my mentor and my coach. Like he's he teaches me so much, you know, from like the preparation side of things, you know, I've seen him like literally ever since I was born, you know, seeing him prepare for these fights. And like one thing that's really caught my attention from my dad, like he loves like going to practice. He loves perfecting his craft. Like he truly enjoys it. And I feel like that's what the greats have to do. You know what I'm saying? Like you just don't show up to games and like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's get it. Like the greats, they love the practice. They love the preparation. They love like the hours when no one's watching them, when no cameras are there. It's just, them and their coach, you know what I'm saying, or them by themselves really perfecting their crafts. Like, that's one thing, you know, that I've really caught on from my dad. And, you know, another thing, too, that my dad's, you know, like, my dad taught me, like, that's always going to stick to me no matter what, not even in football, but just in life in general, is, like, if you want something, you have to work hard for it, no matter what it is. Like, you have to spend hours, like, perfect what you want and, like, really chasing after your dreams and your goals. So, like, that, I'm, it's it's such a blessing to have my dad and, like, you know, even though it's a different sport, like he's been through like everything that I've that I'm gonna face or like that I've been through. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like it's such a blessing to have you know a, a like a dad that's a 
an athlete, a top athlete in the sport, you know, that's been through all the obstacles that, um, that come in an athlete's career. So it's been such a blessing. Was he a, uh, American football fan prior to you getting into it or is, or have you been <laughs> able to convert him if not? <laughs> yeah. My dad wasn't, uh, big into football but like now he knows everything about it he actually knows a little bit more almost a little bit more than me but like it's crazy like the amount that he's he's uh he's all into like the mechanics and everything like that so it's really it's really cool to see like I've definitely been uh I definitely got him into it he loves it he's all for it now he's watching he watches more games than me so it's funny Yeah, well, that's, that's not shocking to, to find that he would uh, immerse himself in that, yeah. you know, it's usually the, usually the greats, yeah. usually whatever they get into, they immerse themselves into. So uh, that is awesome. Like I said, every, every time there's yeah. a chance to throw a football and compete, you know, there's a good chance you're going to run into Dob- Dobby Belfort. And there's also a good chance that your dad's going to be there as well. So um, still a lot of football <laughs> left to go this fall. Appreciate uh, so good luck. You go over prep. As I mentioned, uh, you guys are in the midst of a four game winning streak. Good luck the rest of the way. And, like I said, I'm sure I'm going to see you uh, this spring as well out on the camp circuit. Uh, again, those top seven for ESPN Junior 300 quarterback, Dobby sure. Belfort, Penn State, Alabama, Tennessee, Virginia Tech, Michigan State, Old Miss, and Florida. Follow him on social media. I'm sure he'll keep us updated along the way, and uh, we'll keep an eye out for this spring for a potential commitment. Uh, uh, hopefully you'll join us again once that happens. Appreciate your time, Dobby. Appreciate it. For sure. Yeah, great talking to you guys. Thank you, guys. The volume of commitments on the trail is still pretty low, but the quality of those commitments is really picking up. We had a big week on the trail, plenty of notable commitments. And we'll start out with an seemingly unusual one. Nebraska, without a current head coach, picked up the best player in the state, athlete Malachi. Without a a current permanent head coach. Current permanent head coach. Yeah, they do have a guy. Yes, and we'll, you know, we'll touch on that in just a moment. (laughs) Athlete Malachi Coleman, he's number 158 in the ESPN 300. He owns one of the fastest 100 meter uh, 10.46 and 200 meter times in the country at 6'5", 200 pounds. He is the fourth highest rated player from the state of Nebraska in the history of the ESPN 300 era. He plays receiver and uh, linebacker, and he's so much faster against the competition that he plays against. We've actually struggled to get a legitimate clip where he didn't go into cruise control <laughs> once breaking into the open to measure his speed. Uh, and as you mentioned about the head coach, he said that current interim head coach, Mickey Joseph, was a big reason for his decision. So some obvious, uh, obviously great uh, needed news for the Huskers. Another big commitment in the 23 class, Georgia picked up yet another talented defensive back, Chris Peel. Number 210 in the 300, he visited Michigan and NC State. Again, like every DB who takes the field for the Bulldogs at 10-7-500, a laser-to-laser 4-5-5 at our camp in North Carolina two years ago, and a guy who the offers didn't really match those traits. Clearly now his, uh, you know, his um, activity on the trail picked up to the point that he's committing to the premier program in the country. Uh, staying in the SEC, Florida landed former Florida State commit and Under Armour All-American guard Roderick uh, Kearney. He's number 95 in the 300. We've said it so many times, but it's still true. 12 of their 15 ESPN 300 commits are from offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and defensive backs, Craig. Yeah, Roderick Kearney, that was big, obviously. uh, State of Florida, those three teams are always under a microscope and you know, and everybody's kind of, I think, for the greater good of college football, hoping those three can kind of rise back to uh, to prominence. And, you know, they've all shown flashes this year, but there's Florida able to flip Roderick Kearney from Florida State to Florida. 
top five offensive guard. I remember him at our Under Armour Miami camp, and he was a standout MVP. He was one of these guys who you knew about, but when he walked out of that camp going, wow, earned an Under Armour All-American. He's a, he's an outstanding play up, player, and you always think about you know building from the inside out. Guards may not... Uh, May not get fan bases doing cartwheels, but you get a <laughs> you get a great player like that. That's obviously a big pickup, and I think with his size and his strength, I think he's a guy who could at least in, in, right out the gate get his way into the two deep. Absolutely, another big boy on the interior. Oregon picked up Under Armour All American guard Ayapani Laulolo, number two ninety five in the ESPN three hundred. He was another standout on our camp circuit at that Hawaii event. I think I was away with my family. We were trying to update the three hundred. We maybe had set the rankings, and Craig jumped in and said, uh, we got to make a spot for this guy. Yeah, uh, known as Poncho, La Loa Lo. Uh, he was uh, a dominant, dominant force. Oregon with uh, several O-line pickups this week. They also went, uh, we mentioned Modern Day a little bit earlier, they went to Modern Day to pick up a three-star offensive guard, and then Poncho uh, going into that, obviously the highest ranked of those O-line pickups, but he is tenacious, he is fierce, he is a big smile kid, but when it comes time to compete, he compete. He is nasty. He's actually one of these guys too that you love uh, the way that he plays the game. But he 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 really toes that line. Like I'm sure that the the Oregon staff a few times are going to be like, uh, we didn't need that penalty on the play. <laughs> he just so he's one of those guys going to have to kind of uh, maybe at times you got to kind of get he's up a little bit, but he is powerful. He is strong, and he is a nasty offensive lineman. Really nice pickup out of Hawaii there for Oregon. And moving uh, to the 24 class, but staying with the Oregon Ducks, they also picked up junior 300 tight end A.J. Pugliano, who's the number two rated player in the state of Oregon uh, for the 24 cycle. Moving over to the Big Ten, Ohio State grabbed a commitment from offensive lineman Ian Moore from the Hoosier State. He's number 184 in the junior 300. But as we've alluded to, we have a 300 update coming up. He's a guy who... We could see rise up those rankings for sure. 6'6", 300 with a 6'8", wingspan. Really, really athletic. I mean, uh, impressive athleticism for his size. And then another 24 commit. Tennessee staying hot on the trail. Caleb Beasley, number 148 in the junior 300. A cornerback. He's the number two player in that state as well. You know, the traits might not blow you away, but he's productive, physical, instinctive. He has good ball skills. Plenty of competitive play speed as well to go along with that. And just as we had discussed in previous episodes, this is exactly the type of early get from inside state lines that Tennessee needs to secure to continue to build that program. Yeah, really talented player. Plays at uh, Lipscomb High School. His head coach, Trent Dilfer, he's, again, he's one of these players. He's right? a good athlete, but he does play some special teams on defense. But just a really good football player as well. And a big home, big home state keep there for the Volunteers. So those are the commitments on the trail this past week. We have another huge one coming up in uh, five-star defensive back, Cormani McLean. And as we approach the early signing period, plenty of other big names will come off the board to get their spot secured for December. Thanks, Wade, for, as always, for the uh, commitment roundup there. I also like, you know, you notice Danny, Wade's got like a very NPR-type uh, delivery. You know, it's always like calm and smooth. Smooth, and, yeah, collected. Yeah. It's almost like there's to be some jazz music behind our commitment round. Oh, I spent enough time with this stuff now. Can we get some clear? Yeah, I'll see what I can find on the yeah, internet. Just this conception, jazz is not always smooth. There you go. But, uh, but uh, great. Another great week there in the books, as always. Uh, appreciate you for listening. If you, if you missed past episode, we've had some great guests on so far. 
uh, anywhere you can find uh, podcast, Apple Music, uh, Spotify, Recruiting Blitz Podcast, powered by the UC Report. Plenty more to come, as you mentioned, Wade. We'll uh, break down and get a little bit into that. Cormani McLean, a five-star cornerback, coming off the board uh, this week. We'll touch on it next week, as well as some more guests and uh, plenty more to discuss as the fall continues to roll on. Yeah.